1: Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Will you quit talking
0: to your girlfriend? Sorry. This is a professional environment.
2: Let me... Okay, how's wine your... bag squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> also, let me pull out my notes since we're so professional. Oh, this is so gross. I'm so nasty. Sorry. Christine's literally squeezing the bladder of her boxed wine. It's sadder than just having boxed wine. It's really squeezing for the last drop of the bladder. It's like the guts of the wine. Yeah. If <laughs> you say bladder one more time, I swear to God. But you said guts. I know. How oh, are you... How... Go. What? Oh. What's happening? You want to know what's happening? Yeah. We have an assistant. Ah! We have our very own. And it's not one of our significant others and or pets. (laughs) Yeah, for a long time we were pretending Allison was an intern. And Blaze is probably the in-house intern. But now we officially have an assistant. Guys. Her name is Eva. And she's a gem and a
0: half. She's, and she's a Pisces. She's a Pisces. It almost sounded like I said, Gemini. Uh,
2: that's why. That's what Pisces got into my head. Do, and you want, do you want to do a little shout out? Say hi. Woo-woo! There she is. Dad. She exists. We're not making her yeah. up. <laughs> for a second, I was like, what if
0: people are just like, okay, nice try, guys.
2: No, we really, we got ourselves a, one whole
0: assistant. It's for real. And and guess who showed up with lollipops and wine?
2: Yeah. At her interview, she literally <laughs> brought me caramel apple lollipops. And then today on her first day, she brought Christine red wine. So it's like we knew she had our hearts from day one. She knew what she what she was doing.
0: P.S. Just like a sly little ad for ZipRecruiter. That's how we found her.
2: Yep. Just that's how we found just her. saying. Also, within about ten minutes, Gio was like in her lap. So I think everyone here has warmly embraced her. That's what I was
0: thinking is we should have done the interviews just as like Just come stand in front of our dog. And see what happens. Yes. And she she aced it. She aced it. Most people don't, so.
2: What a life you lead just sitting on the couch. Watching us perform. 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 This is practice for our live show. I'm just going one person at a time. (laughs) Next week, we're going to add another person to the couch. and (laughs) (laughs) One day, the whole couch will be covered in people. (laughs) The whole two-person couch. But so we are getting a lot bigger, and a lot of things have been happening. Guys, so much exciting stuff. So Eva's definitely going to take a lot of load off of us because we were hyperventilating at how much work we had and yeah yep. i know you guys just hear a finished polished project so polished <laughs> at the end of every week or at the beginning of every week depending on what kind of person you are but uh there's so much stuff that happens behind the scenes that we were losing our minds a little bit so and eva's very talented so thank god for eva and professional unlike us day one so she's so here. far this is her first recording sitting in she is, and we've never had to do a whole episode in front of someone before. So this really is a practice for our live shows. It really is. She's already watched me drop the t- the, uh, the mixer, uh,
0: pour wine out of a bladder of a box, um, not I understand up the audio. how the audio worked. It's been a really nice evening. Yes. So welcome, Eva.
2: It's too late to pack out now. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a reason why you drink, Eva? Oh, yeah. Being here is, uh... Oh. Oh. I, Something I brown on your nose, Eva. Oh, no. I can't tell if this is
0: a positive or negative reason why she drinks. It. She's
2: she's already texting her boyfriend. She's like, "Get me out, of, like, here. Help, <laughs> Get me out of here." She's like, "Help, SOS." Why? Why do you drink them? I drink because this week um, was the first time I ever had poutine.
0: Wait, seriously? You yeah. went without
2: me? I went. Oh, you're going to Alcatraz without me?
0: Weird. Oh, Touche. Right.
2: Touche. Uh, Allison took me to the Canadian restaurant In my neighborhood And it's called Spuds And we had poutine And I loved it it, and it was great. so You've never had poutine before? As much, as much as you talk about it I would have thought you ate it every day I just knew inherently I would love it But <laughs> it was so tasty, although we had the very Americanized versions of poutine, because I had a Philly cheesesteak poutine. Jesus. And Allison had a fried chicken and bacon poutine. Oh my god! So, did I have poutine? I don't know. But it was really good. You had Los Angeles or Pasadena poutine. Yes. I also drink because I get to puppy-sit Geo this weekend. That's right. House-sit. It's sit. gonna be a wild time. You and Allison could play house. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, eight days left until Avengers. So really, it's a real party type of weekend also can we talk about how crime con is in two weekends yeah can we talk about how i'm i don't have a lot of propranolol left i'm gonna have to go back to the doctor uh well i will say that our
0: show or our recording is like the first day like one of the first hours so it'll be over with and then Whew. you won't have to worry about it for the rest of the weekend that's helpful and if you guys want to come see it it's not too late to use our promo code ATWWD to buy your ticket or buy a one-day pass for Friday, and then we're doing a meetup in Nashville at the Broadway Brew House, Midtown on Saturday, May 5th at 8 p.m. Central Time, so be there or be square, and that you don't have to go to CrimeCon to go to that. True. Yeah.
2: And also, our mothers will be there, so you can get real weird with... But that's also going to be the weekend before Mother's Day. And it's Cinco de Mayo. Wow. It's A, a lot of things happening. It's an adventure why do you drink this week
0: um i drink because you already sold my thunder but i'm going to alcatraz tomorrow and i'm so excited or saturday but i'm going to san francisco tomorrow
2: all right i'm super pumped i expect a full review also you should listen to our episode and see if i was accurate
0: actually i forgot yeah i should go listen to it on the way there and then
2: you forgot about our show
0: yeah i forgot about it for a minute <laughs> i was like well, where am i what am i doing who are you uh, yes. And also, I I feel like I listened back to some episodes and I keep going, oh, and also, I also want to say, and it's just so it's irritating. too late to change it. I can't stop myself. Um, we did a, this is, people have been waiting for this, by for the way. For a long time. Long time. We long, did long time. A, At least a year. At least, yeah, longer than a year. We did a crossover episode. We recorded a crossover episode with Wine and Crime.
2: Yes. Woohoo! And we recorded two, technically. Yeah, so they
0: have an episode and we have an episode um, all in the same recording session. It was the most fun
2: thing. What is the plan? Like what day is it's already come out by this time?
0: No. Okay. So it's coming. Yes. We recorded it, but we have not released it. Um, we're working on releasing it together. Um, it was so much fun. I haven't laughed so hard in a very long time. And we also, uh, I participated in the imbibing of the wine at 10:30 30 a.m. 10 30 in the morning everyone else was drinking and I fell up now.
2: yeah welcome to my world <laughs> Christine uh they they were all talking about their little routine that they do before every show and how they get their wine ready and I could see Christine's little FOMO twinkling in her eyes and so she sneakily grabbed a box of wine mid-recording and I'm trying to swat her away from it <laughs> away from the microphone like don't you it's 10 in the morning what's wrong <laughs> with you yeah yeah but you
0: enabled me so here we are yes but it was a fun and then i had a tax appointment right after that so oh that, yeah how
2: did your taxes go did you lose money or make money
0: i lost money i made money i don't know how that's possible are you sure you did your taxes right i have a tax guy you, so your stepdad. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay let's discuss this later so the irs doesn't flag us cool um, <laughs> anyway that's all i have to say there's a lot going on here though we got a new computer, we got a new Eva, we got a new
2: we a couch, couch in here
0: now. Which Eva is sitting on. By the way, thank you, Burrow, for that. Um, and we, I aggressively bought, like, these pillows with our logo on them from our
2: store. Yep. So there's two of our logo <laughs> as pillows on the couch, and an Eva. And an Eva, <laughs> and pictures of me and Gio all over the <laughs> So it's a room of narcissism,
0: is what it is. We are very vain.
2: Um... So anyway, do you have any
0: other updates? No, I'm ready to just like tumble get, into this. Get scared. Tumble. Get tumble, spooked.
2: Tumble downward. All right. And everyone send prayers to Eva because the poor girl has to edit this now. Also, how do you feel about passing the baton as an editor? No, no moss for you.
0: I don't know. I'm scared to.
2: To relinquish the control. I think that.
0: I'm scared to be like waking up at three in the morning going, I forgot something and then realizing, (laughs) oh, wait, it will be fun for you, though. Now, as someone who just listens, that's true, because now when I edit, I hear the episode immediately Mm -hmm. and go over in my head and like, da, 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 da. And then I don't listen to it when it's out because I'm like, I don't want to hear it for a fourth time or third time
2: or whatever. (laughs) Now you get to enjoy it like the rest of us. That is pretty fun. Eva does not. (laughs) Poor Eva. (laughs) Eva. We are sad for Eva. (laughs) Rest in peace, Eva Sanity. So, all right. Ready for a story. Bring it on.
0: By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in
1: your space easier.
0: Listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. burrow.com/ dot com slash drink.
1: Offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code drink.
2: This one is from England. Oh, I've heard of that. Oh, good. You said it so slowly, like as if I didn't know what England was. No, well, we're not the best at geography, so who is to say? Fair point. Um, this is in Essex. Do you know where that is, Geography Master? Yes. Do you? It is in the vicinity of London, with, maybe
0: within a few hours. Eva, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's we're. Worth... She's
0: she's like our new like she's like a like an Alexa. she's our Google.
2: Yeah. Oh, she's like she's like the thing that starts with an A and is a robot. Yeah. We but can't... this one starts with an E and is a human.
0: <laughs> yep, <laughs> nailed it. That's what we looked for in our job description. <laughs> we need to be like a thing with like a human who's. We need you to be like an echo, but. Also, just
2: not one. Mm-hmm. It is... God, we're annoying. How long? An hour? An hour. Wow, you are a little whiz. It's like it's like people think that I
0: don't know what I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> I'm that people.
0: I mean, I feel like everything in... I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm pretty sure everything in England is within a couple of hours of London. <laughs> That's okay. why I said it. Valid, but <laughs> valid. <laughs> but I appreciate that everyone applauded me for my intelligence. Okay. We've lost
2: every listener in England at this point, so it's fine. Um... So this is the Borley Rectory. Okay. Mm. That's a weird face to start this with. Mm -hmm. Um, You you sound like you don't want to be here anymore. Well, you said rectory like very weird. Rectory? Yeah, you said it like rectory. Well, I don't know why. Sorry. Um, I was saying like rectal. Do you know what? I'm sorry. We've officially lost every listener in England. (laughs) That's why I was confused. The rectal examination haunting no <laughs> um okay so do you know what a rectory is yes my friend lives in a rectory really yes I did not do you know what a rectory is church related. yes wow you guys are good I, I'm a Catholic I didn't know born and raised I'm a Jew my friend
0: so. <laughs> never had to face a rectory Alyssa's dad moved into the rectory and she had to like move in and live in one of the bedrooms there and it had like crucifixes on the wall and like anti-abortion posters and she was like this is uncomfortable and had to like remove the decor
2: okay so for anyone who's like me and had no idea what this is it is (laughs) according to google a residence of a minister provided by the church yes so they live in a Catholic one. Okay, mm-hmm. Got it. the priest also lives there. Got it.
0: It's really funny because Father Bob will like be in the kitchen eating. Father s- Bob, yeah, eating skyline, and we'll be like, "Hey,
2: Father Bob, <sighs> her house." Is- That's the most Cincinnati thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> Father Bob eating skyline. It's literally the <laughs> most Cincinnati. Yes, it is. Also, uh, one strong memory out to uh, Farmer Bob <laughs> who introduced us. Cheers to you cheers to farmer bob
0: we always say like in memoriam even though i'm sure he's still alive like, he's
2: probably still kicking but in the future he might not be so we might as well start the in memoriam now he
0: will die eventually we might as well start you hear with- that farmer bob
2: we'll remember you're not here for very long no wow he doesn't even know who we are which is the funny part of that so he's very important to us uh moving on from death so it was built the borley rectory was built on the property where an old monastery used to sit hundreds of years ago. Mm. Um, at least all the way back to the 14th century. And there was some scandal of the romance type. Did someone show an ankle? Kinda. A nun who lived there uh, and a monk on the other side of town. No. Fell in love. <gasps> and they tried to elope but got caught. And so the monk was hanged. What? And the nun was bricked alive what? in the basement walls of the convent. What?
0: Wait, I'm sorry. Okay, hold on, hold and on, And it hold on. only
2: gets weirder.
0: Wait, wait, okay, 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 okay. So stoned means you get stones thrown at you. Bricked, I assume, does not mean that. It means you get bricked in?
2: Yeah, like they, <gasps> like, lock you like in. alive? With, yeah. Jesus. Like, buried alive, but upright, and with bricks and cement. What is wrong with people? Why did he get hanged and she had to be bricked up alive? I don't know I don't I really don't know I'm maybe g- it's like the monk way and this is the nun way <laughs> I don't know ask your friend that lives in a rectory yeah, if this is what I will okay I'll tell I mean, her to be really careful I'm like in the middle of you eating skyline is this what goes on in the basement <laughs> father Bob just lays down the fucking law yeah <laughs> So uh, that was one of two. Also, don't look at the other side of my paper. Yeah, I see a lot of weird things happening. I don't... At least you don't know what it no, means. I have no There's idea. like weird images, but I know you don't know what's happening. I thought you like accidentally printed on the wrong side of your paper. Oh, yep. Oh. Now there's a wall. Oh my God, okay. That I bricked a nun behind. Stop that. So also in the 17th hu- century. The 17th hundreds. <laughs> Just go with it. Nobody will know. In the 17th century, so... 300 years later around uh, another nun named Marie Lair uh, she left her station and decided to live in the nunnery here because she was at another convent and then moved to this one. Mm-hmm. While she was here, she met a man named Henry Waldengrave. interesting that his last name has grave in it. That is an omen for sure. She met Henry Waldengrave, who owned a home on the same property. Okay. As the Borley rectory now stands. They got married, but one day, Henry Waldengrave snapped, and he strangled <gasps> his wife.
1: Why? Burying
2: her in his basement. So now there are two nuns that have died in basements on this property. What the fuck? Jump, jump far into the future of 1863. Got it. On it. Um... This is where the Borley Rectory was built for the first time. And it was built for Reverend Henry Bull and his family mm. um, during the next three decades. By the way, the ghost stuff happens immediately. There's a dog. It's OK. Can you hear it? It doesn't matter, I guess. <laughs> Eva, delete this. Um, <laughs> or don't. Whatever you think is funniest. Anyway. Oh, my God. Go on. 1863, it was built for Reverend Henry Bull and his family. So, the ghost stuff immediately starts happening. Uh, during the next three decades of the family living there, the family witnessed several supernatural experiences, mm-hmm. including strange footsteps, growls, crying, and awful stenches that would appear out of nowhere above them and then disappear. Above them? Mm-hmm. That's... Like, if they were lying in bed, it would show up right above uh, them. that's nasty. Um... Ba, 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 ba. Townspeople said that the family was convinced they were seeing apparitions on several occasions, and all four daughters of Henry Bulls individually heard strange footsteps within the house and then saw an old nun walking in the yard. Ew. And as they tried to get closer and talk to her, she would vanish in front of them. Why him. would
0: you go talk to her? I think they thought it was a real nun. An old nun. I wouldn't want... I, I
2: mean... I don't know. Uh, maybe she looked friendly. Uh, several others... During the Bull family's stay, also swear that they witnessed apparitions of a nun, as well as a coach being driven by two headless horsemen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) But, like, so many people witnessed this. Multiple people saw that. Multiple, for multiple times in a row, throughout multiple years. Also, that they have seen a nun and they've seen a coach being driven by two headless horsemen.
0: Okay, I have a really dumb question.
2: Hmm.
0: Listen... English isn't my first language. Oh my god. So I'm wondering isn't the headless horseman like a thing?
2: Yeah, Ichabod crane. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Moving on. I just Do I you just, want us to name this after Ichabod or something?
0: No. I just I just want to make sure that I'm not misunderstanding no, American I'm, culture.
2: No, a horseman is someone who drives horse. I guess it's not American, this is English, but still. Oh wow. We've also lost every listener in America at this point. I mean, it was bound to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, your, your okay, English is smart enough to know what a headless horseman oh, is. Oh, good for me. Okay. You're not wrong. Um, so people began to see the nun and the horseman literally everywhere. Like, just saw them in the yard, up in the window, like on the front porch. People just saw this nun everywhere. They saw the horseman in the driveway.
1: Ugh. They would hear horses in
2: the driveway. They would see horse by themselves in the driveway. He just had no head? Had no head, it's just so bizarre. And two of them, they, they were t- at twinning. once winning, yeah. Oh my god, okay. So, winning, uh, <laughs> so people began to see the nun so often that they named the patch of the yard that she was seen in most often as the nun's walk. <laughs> oh no, so Henry Bull actually thought this was so entertaining that he had a ghost in his house that everyone knew about. He thought it was entertaining, he thought it was entertaining, sure. And he liked the nun so much that he literally built a summer home behind the house that looked over the nun's walk where he would smoke cigars and talk to her. Talk to the nun. That wasn't even there. Like, he'd be like, "Nun, None. None. And she wouldn't show up. But he would smoke cigars wait, and talk uh, to her. So she wouldn't show up. No, it's not like Casper.
0: <laughs> so wait, so he would just sit there. He would and... just
2: sit there and hope she'd show up. <laughs>
0: what a fucking psycho.
2: That's what he, we're going to do someday. <laughs> I mean, I would also build a house as a viewing point of the most haunted area you'll smoke a cigar you'll Um, talk to the ghost that isn't there hey none hey like how you go with blaze 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 none 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 can you bring i'm sure that's polite um that's so i'm sorry that is so But at least like he was like super acknowledging of the fact that everyone was seeing this ghost yeah but i mean he built a whole summer house because of it he was 1863 extra he was so extra.
0: Yes. Did he have did he see the ghost? Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, so he had seen her. He'd it's, seen her, but like then decided to build
0: a house because he got obsessive about it. So it's not just that she like didn't show up for him ever, it's that
2: like Like, I think he got he a tried taste. to force. I it. think he got a yeah, taste okay. and he wanted a gulp, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yes i know exactly so an eight oh there goes the I'm box sorry, i gotta open it look now i'm now i'm outnumbered i got eva pouring <laughs> a bottle of wine i got christine cracking open a new box this is all i've ever wanted you have just wanted to outnumber me in every way Listen. nice asmr <laughs> of the bladder of a full wine box if you say
0: bla i swear to
2: god with the bladder <laughs> that's stop. what it's
0: called stop
2: saying it english isn't your first language you don't all know right. what i'm talking about
0: <laughs> Touche, touche. You know what, Em? You are on a roll with How this. How do you say bladder
2: in German? God, I don't know. Bl- <laughs> blaze! <laughs> oh my God! Bladders, this is why we blaze. had Eva, so she
0: could Google Whoa! bladder in German. Eva just Googled bladder in German, and it's almost
2: Blaze. It's B- Blaze without the I. B-L-A-S-E, which actually is blase, but it looks like Blaze. For a second, I just saw Blaze, and I was like, this is wonderful. So Blaze, you're every, our... every circle is closing officially. Blaze, you're my bladder. Oh, and you're his liver. I'm his heart. Can't live and without he's you. my bladder. Oh, you know, I hope you just tell him that without any reference. He's probably just going to go. Oh, yeah. Okay, Christine.
0: <laughs> move on. Also, he doesn't fucking listen to this podcast, by the way, which makes
2: me so irritated. So he'll never even know why he. he I was going to my... say everyone go attack him on social media, but he also doesn't use no, social media. Doesn't. So it's not even worth it. Everyone just go to your local hospital, see if he's working <laughs> and go to the emergency room. Someone's bound to find him. Yep. Anyway, actually, we did have one recruit find him in an someone emergency room. Someone fucking
0: found Blaze in an emergency if, if that's you, if you're listening, someone recognized Blaze in the emergency room and was like, oh, I listen to this podcast and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And her fiance's name is Blaze. And then it turns out it was our podcast. <laughs> I was like, I've never been fucking recognized. And Blaze gets recognized at work. And he doesn't even listen.
2: Love it. This is why... I drink. I drink! And that's why we drink. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to these guys. Let's do it. In 1892, so this is 30 years after they've bought the house, and they've been living with this summer home for ghosts, <laughs> um, Henry Bold dies, but I'm his know. son takes over the house, so the family still still living there. Do you think that... I'm sorry. Your... I'm sorry. Your wine box is blasé. Is
0: showing <laughs> but okay seriously do you think when he was passing away that he was like i'm gonna be a ghost
2: q that would be fun I'm to serious. be like none i'm coming to you homie right uh, like you don't show up for me i'm gonna i'm gonna play games let's get ready yeah anyway that's all i was wondering i would like tell my kids you hang out in that summer house you're gonna see some weird shit in the nun's walk i'm gonna have a lot of fun in that nun's walk <laughs> so um so, the, so he died. And right, then right. his son came back. And his son lived there, and apparently ghost stuff still happened, but they never really saw any proof that maybe he showed up, that the dad showed okay. up. Okay. So in 1928, the son has now also died. Oh, God, everyone's dying. Oh, that's like 30 years later. <laughs> and uh, the son... So after the son dies, a new family, the Smiths, move in. So soon after moving in, the Smith. Uh, the wife of the Smith family she was cleaning an abandoned cupboard all the way in the back of the basement that nobody I guess had ever touched and the whole and the whole time that that family lived there they had never touched this cabinet listen don't go into an abandoned cabinet in the basement why would you live somewhere for like 60 years and not ever look cabinet oh I in guarantee you cabinet? in
0: our house in Cincinnati that was built in like the 1800s there are for sure things that have never been touched in there in the basement
2: ew I'm not kidding I'll I'm sh- gonna touch them all <laughs> See you in October. Whatever's about to happen here is what's going to happen to you. Uh, So she was cleaning an abandoned cupboard and found a brown paper box. Oh, dear. And she opened it up and there was a woman's skull in it.
0: You're welcome for your experience in October.
2: It's going to be the reason I drink in the week of October 13th. Not Not because you get married. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was looking for some other reason anyway, because I know you're going to steal my thunder that week. Um, Sorry in advance. So... She then began to witness sounds of servants' bells, even though they had all been disconnected for 50 years. Oh, that is so creepy. She saw lights appearing in the window, heard footsteps dragging across rooms, and watched furniture move itself. Good. They also heard horses neighing outside in the middle of the night. Like... That's actually super creepy. Like the headless horse. I feel like that
0: doesn't sound creepy, but if you're like lying in bed at night and... And you hear horses on a path where horses don't go anymore. That's really upsetting
2: um they, and this was sorry
0: this was all after she found the skull like it yeah okay so this
2: was in like
0: 1930s So she like disrupted the skull and then all this shit started happening
2: i think that's the correlation that this story is trying to make but i mean already haunted stuff was happening before uh, yeah. anyone okay. ever found a skull so okay. i don't know if it's because of that i don't know if that's what amplified it or not the skull just happened or maybe she was like one of our people and she just came in and was like spooky shit is here and She's just like, opened every cabinet yeah that's what i'm yeah exactly so uh and her husband was also noticing a lot of stuff and so they contacted the daily mirror newspaper (laughs) the daily mirror nice and they reached out um in the paper to contact the society for psychical research our homies yes i talk about often that you used to call cyclical yeah i still regret that (laughs) um the Daily Mirror sent them a reporter. What In what world was the newspaper sending you people for free? Well, the Daily Mirror is like really up and coming in the 1930s. It's like a tabloid and a half. So they sent them a reporter who wrote the first series of updates for the Society of Psychical Research. I almost said cyclical. Um, so he went in just to write a bunch of articles about what was going on and then sending it to the main house. Oh, okay. So like the whole research team could get used to it. Oh, okay. Um, The Daily Mirror also sent them a man named Harry Price, and he was a paranormal investigator and decided to live with them for a year. A year? A year
0: to try and
2: find whatever was going on in their house. I like how he's like, I'm going to decide to live with you for a year. I think the Daily Mirror told him to. Like, imagine writing for help, and then someone just moves in. Someone
0: someone named Harry is like, I'm going to live here for a year. Rent free, by the way. And I'm probably going to walk around with, like, recorders and, like, watch you sleep.
2: Oh. I was thinking, like, walking around, like, not doing the dishes or something, but... And also, I won't do the dishes. Okay, there it is. As soon as he arrived, activity spiraled out of control. Stones were flying at them from inside the house. Vases shattered. Screams from the basement. Tapping and thuds from a hanging mirror. Even after you took it off the hook, it would still tap and thud in your hands. Ew! And the doorbell would go off by itself, even though the wiring had been faulty for years and it had eventually stopped working altogether. It's like
0: that, and the servant bell thing really creeps me out for some reason.
2: Harry Price said he was able to make contact with uh, the Bull family, like the guy who died, the guy who was really into the nuns. Um, apparently Perry Price made contact with Mister Bull, who had died in the house. Um, although he never said that uh, Mister Bull or Reverend Bull gave any message just said like oh i made contact with him and then never brought it up again um (laughs) here's a weird one Uh that i don't think we'll ever see again a glass of wine turned into ink okay
0: hold on i have a lot of questions can you write with the wine now here's what i have to say did the glass of wine turn into ink or did like the wine in the glass the
2: wine in the glass turned turned into the glass of wine turned into a glass of ink okay great now here's my second question yeah did we discover this by someone taking a drink of their wine and saying, "Wow, this is fucking ink"? Someone put down their glass of wine, continually sat there, and then went to go grab it again, and this time it was. Yeah, ink. but how do you know that it's ink? I mean, because it's dark ass blue.
0: I didn't talk someone, to him. I just want. I just <laughs> want to know. I just want to think that he drank it and was like, "This is ink."
2: Oh yeah, and then he got poisoned and also died in the house. Is I that mean, where you, you want me to go no, with this? I'd probably spit it out, but it's way more Uh, you know how like when you like a pen explodes in your mouth imagine he realized because his teeth were blue and he was like yeah that's
0: what i'm saying i want that to be the visual that i get to keep from this
2: i was thinking more like you could use the ink now and like write someone a love letter like 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 with your favorite wine yes really you could do that with just wine i guess could you yeah write that down with with my wine (laughs) write it down with wine (laughs) right (laughs) quick (laughs) but not my wine use your own. It'd have to be a very viscous wine. Yes, it would. Have to have a lot of legs, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yep. We... I learned a lot from my crossover with Wine and Crime. They taught me quite the description for wine. M was really overwhelmed. I was scared. They were talking about back ends and I don't know what that even means. M was like, there's a back note of chocolate? Like... There's like there's a there's a, a dusting of <laughs> of of pomegranate and then everyone went, ooh, and I was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> It was very weird. You were like, su- no wonder I was fucking jealous. I was. I they had a vocabulary I'll never know.
0: It's <laughs> <That's> really funny.
2: <laughs> it was, was like really oh, back end, and you then You I tried were staring to- at
0: me like, what do I say?
2: <laughs> and you're like, just say nothing. Just be shh. Okay. <laughs> If you say nothing, they can't hear you. And if they can't hear you, they don't know that you exactly. are scared. And then meanwhile, I'm fishing around for a box of wine and Emma's like, it's 10 a.m. Stop. I'm like, I'm already grossed out by who we are. Please don't drink that box <laughs> wine out of a dirty wine glass at 10 in the morning. And then you told them. It was the dirtiest. She literally blew into an old dirty wine glass. She was like, <laughs> she was like it's fine. <laughs> like clearly had been used and dried. Um, I mean, it didn't happen. Eva, take that out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> listen they're gonna hear it in the episode itself because I mean, you just... announced it so you might as well hear that eva
2: Keep... shout it from the rooftops <laughs> delete it and then put it back in <laughs> um just delete it and then put it in the beginning of the episode and make the volume 10 times louder actually just put this in and then repeat this a hundred <laughs> times until we've made an hour and a half delete everything else except yeah. that write that down with your wine yes um not okay. mine so Back to Harry. Damn it. Um, I don't even know where I am anymore. I don't either. Where? What the fuck? Oh, yeah. He may. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Obviously, the wine turned into ink. That's where we were. Obviously. So that was the last straw on the Smiths. Left. The last straw, <laughs> indeed. I fuck would, that. I'd be like, goodbye. Don't fuck with my wine. So the Smiths left only nine months after living there. Oh, wow. Um. Next moved in the Foyster family. They sound were,
0: like a fun gang.
2: Yes. I think so. Mm-hmm. And they were cousins of the bull family who once lived there. Oh. So I think they were just getting desperate at this point. And they were like, anyone that we know, let's just get them in the house. Okay. So the Foysters surprisingly lived there for a full five years. Um, they kept a list of experiences that happened to them in the home. Oh, like a guest book. Yeah, but for themselves and the ghosts. Oh, oh, okay. But they kept a list of experiences that happened that were paranormal in the house all the way through 1935 Including bell ringing, window shattering, bottles being thrown at them, bottles being smashed onto the floor, bottles that they never brought into the home appearing on the counter to then be chucked at them by nothing, and getting locked into unlockable rooms. Um, Bottles of what? I think anything. Maybe ink wine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like the part where you're like, yeah, bottles just
0: appeared but then not when they just get thrown at you that's
2: but the thing to me that's very ominous of like i feel like it knew that they knew that if there was a bottle around it was going to get thrown at them so they were already scared and it was just fucking with them like creating bottles and leaving them places it was like oh you got rid of all the bottles in the house it's like i'll just create more and just throw those you. a new
0: one uh, exactly well that's fucked up
2: um i agree so ultimately uh in that little book where they wrote all the experiences, there were over 2,000 events that occurred in those five years. 2,000? Yes. Okay. Um, which over time also included glass objects appearing out of nowhere, like I said, items going missing, the apparition of Henry and Harry Bull, um, items like pebbles and a, an iron flying at them. Pebbles so, and an iron. I mean, yin and yang. Like it got tired of bottles So just grabbing anything But a fucking iron No that's terrifying That's wild My story has an iron in it too by the way Oh I did that on purpose I know Um, After an exorcism attempt Attempt That sounds like it went really well The wife Marianne Began getting thrown out of her bed In the middle of the night (laughs) Getting slapped It's not funny but like what? Getting slapped 24-7 Oh my god And getting her hair yanked And fist-sized stones hitting her in the shoulders. She also was almost suffocated by her own mattress. Which is extra creepy on the fact that, like, you have to be on top of the mattress... And a mattress is so heavy that if you were under a mattress, you would find you would know you well, were. Maybe it pushed her head into the mattress. Oh, you I know? was thinking it was like that listeners episode where all of a sudden someone was like underneath a mattress, underneath the, mat- underneath or a, the mattress, like, or whatever. Like she woke up and she was under the no, mattress. No, she
0: walked out and her little son was underneath a, a underneath a table. Th- no, a like a the dresser table? in the hallway, and he was like three, so he couldn't have like lifted it. But the dresser yeah. was like on top of him, and
2: he was screaming. and it was upside down. Yeah. Like, the dresser was upside down sitting on top of him, yeah. like, perfectly balanced. Fucked up. And that's a listener's story. That's not even something I reported, guys. We that's a real thing. We didn't say We didn't do it. We're sorry. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what else I can throw you. Let's see. Um, the kitchen bells, the servants' bells, also used to sound like, and this was according to Marianne, who witnessed it all the time said that the bells sounded like they were ringing at the exact same time, although based on how they were built, it's impossible for them to be operating at the same time. Oh, great. So it was just becoming like a surround sound. (laughs) Um, There also began to be writing scratched into the walls, saying, Marianne, please help. Ah! And mass prayers. Ew! Ew! And the foisters uh, would even watch them get scratched into the wall in real time, uh. and tried to paint over it, but it would re scratch itself through. And she started writing back no. on the wall, saying, "I don't understand. Please tell me again or tell me more." No, don't, no, no. And then more like illiterate scrub, like scribbles would show up, and then she'd write. It- so, here's one of the. Is that what the bullshit on the back of your pages? God yes. damn it. So this is the scribbles, the Marianne and the scribbles are what something etched into the wall. And the the more legible stuff is what she wrote in response.
0: It wrote that Marianne? Yeah. Did it write this Marianne? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> ew! 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 It looks like somebody like... You know when you write with your left hand, like I'm left-handed. I,
2: okay, sure. Bitch. bitch. <laughs> Whoa, I'm so insensitive. You know when you write with the opposite hand, it looks like there it someone's writing that. Yeah, it looks know? like it looks like chicken scratch, like a child kind of ribbit. like writing on top of itself.
0: The that's so the
2: Marianne is creepy, and then the pink one uh-huh. it says Marianne Light Mass Prayers, light mass? which <gasps> like in
0: catholicism you light candles at
2: mass oh and say a prayer well that's what that said i don't like that one bit um so the foisters uh due to his health due to reverend foister's health the family ended up having to leave five years into living there but a lot of people thought that they got scared out of the house but they like they were going through that shit and apparently it didn't scare them enough to leave they're just like okay Like, imagine something just scratching your name into a wall, and you're like, I'll just keep hanging out. I mean, I probably would, because I'd be like, cool. You'd be like, oh, let me get my pendulum.
0: Actually, I'd be like, hey, guys, this is why I drank this week. Someone scratched into the thing. Check out my Instagram. It'll be on there.
2: (laughs) You'd be like, let's open up the Ouija board again. (laughs) On Facebook Live. (laughs) Um, So, Mrs. Foister, um, this is where people stopped kind of believing in the legitimacy of all of this Uh because she swears that every attempt actually happened at least once but the frequency of the events that was reported is not accurate because she on her own reported that things happened more often than they than they did because she was having an affair oh man with the ghost hold okay no i'm kidding i'm just fucking oh, with you okay you really just <laughs> i know i watched your brain flip itself upside down you threw me for such a loop but okay. she was having an affair um i okay. guess they were they opened their house up to lodgers <gasps> and so she was sleeping with one of the guys that was lodging oh, in their house man and anytime that he, mr foyster started asking questions she would use the paranormal explanations to cover up are her are adultery So apparently she swears that everything that's ever been reported did happen, but maybe only once or twice, not five to ten times, like she said, because she was using them as excuses. But how do you like, like, oh, no, I wasn't kissing him. There was just (laughs) the wall was scratching itself
0: here. Blaze, are you listening? No, but if you are, (laughs) uh, if you ever want to cheat on me, all you have to say is. Oh, that n- person, that weird voice you heard, that was a ghost. Or like that weird text that came to my phone, it must have been a ghost. Like, and- I would believe it. Allison,
2: are you listening? I didn't, I wasn't cheating on you. Just a ghost was throwing <laughs> stones at me. It's, it's the same thing, actually.
0: That iron that threw across the room? Yeah, yeah
2: that wasn't fun. me. That was just your imagination. Um, okay, so they ended up leaving because Mr. Foyster got sick. Which means that the building was vacant again, and guess who moves in but Harry Price, the paranormal investigator who lived with the Smiths for a year. He's been obsessed since the beginning. Oh, it gets creepy. So he moves in to conduct his own research, and he pays a year-long lease up front to stay there, and in the year 1937, he moves in to conduct his own research, and he advertises in the paper for help with his study. Oh, dear. This is his his ad. Haunted house, responsible persons of leisure and intelligence, (laughs) critical and unbiased to join of a a group of observers in a year's night, a year's night and day investigation of alleged haunted house in home counties, scientific training or ability to operate simple instruments in advantage, house situated in lonely Hamlet. So own (laughs) car is essential. And let's go. Okay, but so many people so many people applied to this. For real. And he couldn't choose and so he invited forty eight people to live with him in this house for a year. What? So there was nonstop paranormal investigation between forty nine people he for an entire used, year. Show you ziprecruitercom slash drink. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wait, okay. But- and if we weren't negative 60 at this point, we would have absolutely <laughs> joined the team. Wait, so, question. So yeah. all these people were, like, qualified to Enthusiasts. be? Enthusiasts. I mean, how qualified do you have to be in 1937? But they weren't just all randos. Like, he picked the people He like- picked 48 out of several others because he thought oh, those 48 okay, were the okay. most qualified. It wasn't just
0: anyone who applied. It was, like, you have to at least show that you... Right.
2: You have Can- to show that you, like, have a car and know a how a car. to sure. operate a machine. Okay. At the end of the investigation after an entire year, they were disappointed in the lack of evidence that they had collected. And they but they did perform several séances throughout the year and made contact with two ghosts in particular. One of them was Marie Lair, who was one of the nuns mm. mm-hmm. that says that she was stuck wandering the property until she had a proper burial. Wow. Another one named Sunex Emers. Yep. I tried Googling it. It doesn't... It does There's no, like... I was thinking, like, that's, like, a demon name or something, but it's not. That sounds like Someone's name just was that. Software platform. Sunex Amers. She... So, she was the other one that showed up in the seances a lot, and she warned that the rectory was going to burn down soon, and that a murder victim would be revealed. Ah! The body in the wall! So, almost a year later, 11 months to the date of that no. conversation... A new family moved in, the Gregson family, and when they moved in, they were unpacking and an oil lamp fell over and burnt down the rectory. Yikes. Neighbors swear that while the building was on fire, a nun was in one of the windows of the room that no longer had a floor. (gasps) Was she just standing in the window? She was hovering in the window. Uh, No. After the fire ended, Harry Price, the guy that's so obsessed with this place, why are you so obsessed with me? (laughs) <laughs> went back to the site and excavated the ground to see what if there was anything underneath and found remains of a female skeleton certified by pathologists ah! so just like soon next said a, a murder <laughs> victim would be revealed i mean so he had a reason to be so obsessed he
0: knew what he was doing
2: <laughs> he had a feeling uh the remains were buried in a nearby cemetery in 1943 and it For being so active in this house, Harry Price shot to, quote, paranormal stardom um, and was known to... Don't laugh. That's what I'm trying to be. I'm not laughing. That's why we have this podcast. I'm I'm trying to reach paranormal stardom. I'm laughing with you and Zach He, Harry Price was known to others in the community, though, in the paranormal community, as a total joke. Aw, Harry. But to the public, he was considered the father of paranormal research goodness and he wrote two books one in 1940 called the most haunted house in england and 1946 he wrote the end of borley rectory so they were both about his experiences there um but he was considered a joke to everyone else because they realized that as soon as all 48 people were around him all the time all of a sudden there's no activity going on because he couldn't like do any hijinks without getting caught but in these grand in this grand house with few family members that are all scared, he could do whatever he wanted and probably make it look like the place was more haunted than it was. Oh, uh, okay. So the the main theory is that he made things look more haunted, so his reports would look bigger, so that he would reach paranormal start. I mean, like it makes he used sense. this house. Yeah. Um. After Harry Price died, the English Society of Psychical Research and the London Society of Psychical Research both published their own individual findings that were as such there were no verifiable events that could not have been natural explanations and the most popularized events were all caused by price himself. <laughs> so pretty much a lot of people Ooh, think that most of these were just jokes but the rectory although it burnt down there were still remains left and it was officially demolished in 1944 and Life magazine did a like spotlight coverage on the building. And when they covered the destruction of the building, they did capture a picture of a brick among the rubble hovering feet above everything else. (gasps) Holy shit. Ew. So for as much guff as people gave Harry Price, that is a brick floating by itself in the rubble on the day that it was officially demolished uh and that's a brick for sure Mm -hmm. oh no thank you so anyway that is the story of the borley rectory rectory rectal rary. all right how do you feel i feel mentally where are you
0: i feel a little bit like
2: feel a little cheated
0: no i don't feel cheated i mean i feel like harry price like got a little ahead of himself i think harry price needed a girlfriend or a Yet, boyfriend. Yeah. He needed a hobby aside from this obsession.
2: Harry Price is someone I like, I think I love this my job and I think I love Ghost so much, but I have to like I'm like, what would the worst case scenario be if I really followed my passion I could turn into Harry it's Price. That. Well, and you know what bothers me about that is
1: that
0: it takes away from like real experiences and real where people are like, this
2: guy's clearly making shit up versus the listener story where someone's child was under yes. an upside down dresser in the middle of the night yes. and was like i don't know what to do and it's like i just feel like people like
0: that i'm like i know you're trying to like prove you know but at the same you're time you're backfiring don't let harry price get you down guys yeah, it takes away from real experiences anyway that's just my opinion but anyway anyway oh am i supposed to talk now now you go oh god damn it just kidding i'm really excited I have a really good one for you today. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm I'm really pumped about this, actually. And I'm stealing the charger back. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's
1: new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace Courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, plus auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. National average twelve month savings of seven hundred forty four dollars by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June twenty twenty two and May twenty twenty three. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
0: I have a themed. Oh my. <laughs> iron. <laughs> the iron was. Is that the theme? No. The iron is an element of one of the themes. What's the theme? The theme. Okay, here we go. So,
2: I'm going to list the stories first and then tell... Well, first I'm going to pour my wine. Wow, nothing has sounded louder in my ears ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Niagara Falls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. First I'm going to list the names of the stories and then I'm going to tell you. What they have in common. Okay. Isn't this fun?
2: Yeah, but how many stories are you about to tell me? <laughs> okay. This is the stories. These are the, the... It's like a it's like a series. These are the stories. Bum bum. <laughs>
0: okay. Isidore Fink. Okay. Joseph Elwell. And Julia Wallace. What these three victims have in common is that they were killed. Were all killed in locked rooms. <gasps> With no explanation of how their killer got in and or escaped. Wow. Okay.
2: Murder mystery.
0: Yes. Which is a big fiction genre, but actually has roots in real stories. And these are the three stories that are like the main stories that that fiction genre has roots in. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. They're called locked room mysteries. Wow. I wonder why. R.A.M. Just get going. I want to hear it. So I was on uh, my favorite website, Mm -hmm. mysteriousuniverse.org, and there was an article published by Brent Swanser last week, and it was about these locked room mysteries, and it was published like eight days ago, and I got real excited. Uh, The article's called Mysterious Murders in Locked Rooms, and then I went down a rabbit hole and looked up all these three people, and it's just a wild ride. So let's start with Isidore Fink. Okay. So the year is 1929. My favorite year of all. Yes. Isidore Fink is 30 years old and owns a small laundromat in New York City, and he also lived in said laundromat. Oh. Because people lived... It was Like above it or in... Yeah. No, I think like above it. Okay. He lived in like the building of it. it. So on March 1929, a neighbor named Lachlan Smith uh, heard sounds of a scuffle uh, coming from Isidore's home and summoned i almost wrote called summoned a police officer someone's better to investigate but i wrote called and then i was like oh he didn't he literally didn't call him he had to go out into the road and find a fucking police officer oh really because it's 1929 and they lived in a really impoverished neighborhood and didn't have phones like they had to old school call someone like call summon to call with his voice, it, it, he had to call out the window. <laughs> yes, exactly. So he summoned a police officer. Anyway, okay, got just, it. Just like heads up, vocabulary is going to be a big thing in this story. Got this it. is where we're. This is where we're at. So the officer arrived at the laundromat uh, only to find all the doors locked from the inside. All the windows were nailed shut. None were broken. There was nothing open. Um, they did notice that there was like a little so picture a front door and then there's like a little window at the top where you can kind of like open the flap and it like lets air in okay so they were able to open that um but obviously like an adult was not able to fit in so they did (laughs) classic 1920s police work shoved a kid in there they found a small child (laughs) and they said please climb into this window (laughs) and like uh, unlock the door good So they fucking found us. I mean, it's just beyond me. Did they summon him from the street or? They summoned him. Right. Like Young boy. Young boy. (laughs) They went into the window and called him. (laughs) So they found this little boy. They were like, they hoisted him up. (laughs) They had to find a really skinny boy, too, because a normal sized child did not fit. Like they had to literally find a skinny, skinny kid and push him through and then say, "Okay, now unlock the door for us. But this poor kid, okay, so they push him through the, like, the little window, and inside is the dead body of Isidore Fink lying on the floor in a pool of blood. So the little kid climbs in, opens the door for the police. They find Isidore Fink's body on the ground. He has three gunshot wounds. Um, One had been shot close range into his wrist. And so police immediately uh, assumed it was a suicide because obviously everything was locked. Um, But then they were like, there's no gun. Like they could not find the murder weapon. So they searched the whole house, um, couldn't find the murder weapon anywhere. They looked through his belongings. No money was missing. The only fingerprints in the room were Finks himself Um, and his iron. This is where the iron comes in. Mm. His iron was still on. He had been ironing. was face down on the ironing board on a clothing item and had not been there long enough to burn the fabric it was on. So, so they like just got there. Yes. So it was like that, like the iron was hot and it was on and it was on a piece of clothing, but it hadn't scorched the fabric at all. So like, so he like in 60 seconds. Yeah, basically like that quick. Exactly. Um, so they had no idea what happened. Um, they questioned Fink's customers because he was like owned a laundromat. And a lot of them had felt apparently really inconvenienced because over the past year he had started locking his door and he would only let people in that he recognized and was super paranoid about getting robbed. But again, they lived in a pretty impoverished neighborhood, so it wasn't that abnormal. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, like they just couldn't, this wasn't a robbery. Like nothing was stolen from the house. So the case completely and utterly baffled investigators. And to this day still does. Um, they you'll like this. They even searched the whole house for hidden doors, secret passageways. Like, they thought oh, I'd do like that. <laughs> I knew you would. You had me at secret passageway. <laughs> <laughs> they like looked in all the like wallpaper, they tried to find any sort of way that somebody could get in or out. N- nothing. Um, and no theory has managed to hold up. One theory suggests so, one theory at first was that somebody had been able to shoot him through that little window up top mm-hmm. um but the powder burned so like he was shot on the wrist and you could see like the burn from the gunpowder which means yeah. it was like really close range so that kind of eliminated that theory um and then the police commissioner at the time whose name was edward mulrooney called it an insoluble mystery and basically their be- <laughs> this is so ridiculous I mean, again, they just shoved a small child through a window, so whatever. (laughs) But the best theory they could come up with was that an extremely thin gymnast had crawled through the tiny window, shot Fink for like some unknown reason three times, and then instead of going out the door from inside, climbed back through the small window and escaped. So that was like their best bet, but they were like, there's literally no... That's our
2: best bet, and we know it's not right. And we're all laughing about it. Like, it's
0: just so absurd. Like a
2: little <laughs> elf just dove right in.
0: <laughs> I mean, that might as well. Exactly. So it was just absurd, and nobody really knew. That was, that was the most plausible theory that the police could come up with. Got it. Um. <clears throat> so I researched the story, and then I went and read, like... I went on Reddit and read some, like, um, theories and, like, people's thoughts. And some of them were actually pretty interesting. So somebody said, um, what about the iron? So someone focused on the iron and said, what if, is there any way that the iron could have heated up and steamed up and gotten hot enough to, like, shoot a pro- like shoot projectiles at him? Like, maybe, I don't know what they were, but into his wrist and whatever. Um, and then he like fell over and died and i was like that's kind of absurd but at the same time a neighbor said she heard a scuffle and shouting but no gunshots so i'm like maybe something maybe it maybe wasn't gun like bullets mm-hmm. i don't know cuz they never said whether they found bullets right um and then the other theory is that maybe someone was hiding in the room when the police arrived so someone had come in and he had locked the door and welcomed him and he was safe felt safe with him and then When they went in, he was, like, hiding, which I think is a plausible theory. Um, And then one of the more sensible theories, in my opinion, is that he opened the door, uh, got shot in the wrist or whatever, and then, like, or got shot and was able to close and lock the door before dying. Okay. And that actually happened um, in California a few years ago a guy opened the door and he was stabbed several times and was able to shut and lock the door before dying and he didn't have time to call the police. They originally ruled it a suicide. It turns out that he had managed to, like, close and lock the door before dying. Gotcha. So, and then some people think he was k- killed by a ghost. <laughs> Me. M thinks he was killed by a ghost. <laughs> or somebody, actually, if I, I forget who it was, but, like, a famous author. I mean, I don't remember the name, but... Someone who researched this case, a historian, said he thought it was possible that he had physically, because he had such paranoia, that he physically manifested his fears oh, of wow. being shot and
2: somehow... Like, his energy was that strong, he literally yeah. created bullets which is a and l- no gun yeah, okay. and shot them into himself. Got it. Okay. Eva Deletha. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Because it is a theory. I don't know. I guess there's no right answer right now. I'm telling the facts. There's more. There's wronger answers. <laughs> That's one of them. This is full of wronger
0: answers. <laughs> In fact, this whole this whole segment that I'm giving you today is full of wronger answers because yes. everyone is more ridiculous than the next. So let's move on to Joseph Elwell. So this is around the same time, 1920s. Um, Elwell was a wealthy socialite. He was a professional card player.
2: Okay. What's and a, happening? And a playboy. Oh, okay. I just want to tell you about his life. There was a heavy pause on card playing. I just, I, was like, I started oh. to think,
0: no, no, no. I started to think about like a professional card player and I just got really lost in the thought. Sorry.
2: What, car, what card game would you play
0: professionally? Oh, oh I'll tell you in a moment. Oh, old maid? No. I don't know. Crazy eights. (laughs) Um, Okay, so he was a professional card player and a playboy living in New York City. Uh, So he had recently learned the quote, new card game called Bridge. (laughs) Woof. What year are we in again? 1920. Okay. And he was also in his 20s. So he learned this hot new game called Bridge. The newest craze. So remember how last week, was it last week we talked about Summer of the Hoop? The wooden hoop with the the wooden hoop. We talked about summer of Mahjong. We talked about the summer of Bridge. It was June. He learned Bridge. It was the summer of fucking Bridge. Yes. We found it. We found the
2: summer of Bridge. One by one, we're going to scratch them off. June
0: 1920, summer of Bridge.
2: Evil, log that down. (laughs) Add it to the calendar. Put it on your calendar for June. Go to your iCal19. Our birthday is the month of Bridge. 1920.
0: Oh, wow. Yes. June 1920. In memoriam. A bridge. Farmer Bob. Um, Okay. (laughs) So, Summer Bridge? Yes. Sure. Okay. So, on June 11th, 1920, Joseph's housekeeper arrives to work, unlocks the door, the front door, and then she's cleaning and she finds Joseph sitting upright in his living room in a chair with a bullet hole in his forehead. Oh, boy. And he is dead. So... Aside from the bullet hole, uh, he looks like he's kind of just chilling in his chair. Like, All right. Like he has a op- piece of open mail in his lap. He has a pile of unread mail that he's like going through beside him. Um, it's like time froze. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's just like sitting there in his armchair with mail. Um, and then, better yet, next to the pile of mail, someone had placed the bullet that had shot him in the head upright on display. Next to the mail.
2: Weird, like it had done its job.
0: Yes, so it's clearly a murder. Yes, so clearly this one is clearly not a suicide. Um. So when police arrived, they found every door and window had been locked. When the housekeeper arrived, Mm -hmm. Um, the murder weapon was determined to be LL's own gun, which was a forty-five automatic that he kept for defense in the house. Um, And the house was full of expensive belongings and cash. Nothing had been stolen. So um, this was a hit. Yeah. So there was no motive of burglary. Um, And there was also no sign of a struggle. No sign of a break in. No fingerprints aside from Elwell's own. Um, And then neighbor neighbors also hadn't seen anyone suspicious and hadn't heard anything. So it didn't look like Elwell had tried to fight anyone off Uh, the they determined that the bullet had been shot about three to five feet away at an angle lower than his head. So it was as if somebody was sitting next to him having a conversation mm-hmm. and had kind of like had a gun next like to them. Like hiding
2: them. Yeah, hiding the gun. Or just like had it in their lap. What a crack shot, by the way. Yeah, it was really fucked up. Just like square in just the like, forehead and you just kind of guesstimate. You're like, oh, what's that letter from? And then just <sighs>
0: shoot someone in the head. Right. So, apparently, it was like as if someone were sitting right there three feet away and had shot him right in the head, but... That's what... Just look out. (laughs) Hilarious M. You laughed. Hashtag gun control, am I right? Okay. Yeah, it's 2018. (laughs) My bad. Hashtag politics. Okay. So, police... Okay, so this is different from the first one. Police had no issue of finding motive because Elwell had made enemies all over New York City already. He was busy cheating people out of their money, playing bridge. Cards, oh, <laughs> bridge, yeah. So, you know what we should do? We should start a Mahjong cheating ring. Oh, I could get into that.
2: We would be so bad. I was going to say good. Oh, but well, put me in a round of Uno and it'll get real funky. Oh, yeah okay okay we've we did we it yeah let's do it okay okay
0: so uh okay so he had made enemies by cheating all these people he was also sleeping with a bunch of married women so that didn't help um and according to this article that i read on mysterious universe by brent swancer there were so many potential suspects that police did not know where to begin and were like overwhelmed with the number of people who fucking hated this guy
2: they should have hired an eva <laughs> Evo would have Googled that shit instantly. We we were really overwhelmed, please. You should take a, a page out of our book. Help, we don't know what to do and we are paralyzed. Just go to ZipRecruiter and get an Evo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this has all been an ad. ZipRecruiter.com. Hashtag ad. Hashtag ad. <laughs> hashtag sponsor. Um, hold on, I need a drink.
2: How was that for you?
0: Like, not great, because I feel like everyone's watching me. Oh. Okay. So... Beep-boop-bop. Okay. ba da ba da ba da ba ba Ba. So the only way they could narrow... So they were overwhelmed because they didn't have an Eva, right? So they were like, how do we narrow it down? Um. And they decided, like, so the person who shot him must have made him comfortable enough to let his guard down and sit down to have a chat while looking through his mail. Like, it had to be someone... Right. Someone close. And then they were like, oh, literally no one fits that bill. Like, there's no <laughs> one that he knew." Na- where we can be like oh maybe this guy came over like not one person not a single
2: person liked him no
0: so they were like well we can't find out who did it but like also we can't find out how they did it um so obviously there was a question of getting into the house then there was the question of getting out of the house because everything was still fucking locked and then of course like
2: the display of the bullet like why maybe it was like a loan shark for all of his bridge Maybe. Maybe he like unlocked the door to let them in or unlocked the door and uh-huh. then like shoved their way in. Then they were like, let's just have a talk. And then bang right in the head. Yeah, but yeah, how did he like escape the house? Leaving? Did they like grab his keys and lock the door on the way out? No, no.
0: It was all like bolted, dead bolted from oh, the inside.
2: that I don't have an answer for. Yeah.
0: All of these, by the way, I guess I didn't clarify, but all of these, like the doors have been like dead bolted from the inside. Where, well, I like, thought
2: it was just like a key. Yeah. They needed to be like, got it.
0: Yeah um so his murder remains unsolved to this day and was actually the basis of a famous novel by someone named ss S. van dyne uh, and the novel is called the benson murder case and that's credited with jump-starting the locked room detective novel genre
2: hmm.
0: which sounds like a blast like i need to start reading those books
2: I can't believe there's so many versions of a story like that. no it's like a
0: huge genre it started in like the 1930s wild yeah it's like I I feel like it's sort of like escape room style Mm -hmm. like mystery you know right like who done it how do they yeah and then the last one we gotta end with a woman oh Julia Wallace okay we're gonna fast forward to Liverpool in 1931 we got going to fast forward to Liverpool. We're going to fast forward to 1931.
2: We're going to travel to Liverpool, and then we're going to travel in time to 1931. Yeah, like, think Carmen Diego. Got it. Sure. Okay.
0: So, we're in Liverpool in 1931. Julia Wallace lives in Liverpool with her husband, who is an insurance salesman named William Herbert Wallace, and on the evening of January 18th, 1931... Mr. Wallace arrived at the Liverpool Chess Club, where he was an avid member. Oh, me too. Yeah, me too. Just kidding. I only know how to play checkers. (laughs) I'm so dumb. Okay. Do you know how to play chess? I love chess. Really? Yeah. I keep asking people to teach me and no one I'll teach you. Really? Yeah. Will you actually? Because I feel like I've asked so many people. No, I'll teach you. Okay. It's really fun. I have Simpsons chess.
2: I have Simpsons chess. You do? Yeah. Is it like... Yeah, we have the same chess yeah board. i'm sure we do wow we're such losers god we're learning so much about each other through this show let's just like take a moment to gaze into each other's eyes and let everybody just and think about how i don't even watch the simpsons and yet i have a simpsons chessboard <laughs> let's think about it okay well i'll teach you with that one then because that's the one i learned on oh great well that's convenient i'll have my mom ship it another full circle for us we're yes. full of circles yeah we're full of full circles
0: there it is. Yeah. So on the evening, blah, blah, blah. So he's at the Liverpool Chess Club playing Simpsons chess. That's my only, that's my tweak of the story. Oh. Um, and then he shows up and this guy who works there is like, oh, you have a phone message. He's like, a phone message from whom? And he's like, a man called
2: R.M. Quattro." <laughs> that's my after hours name at the chess ring. <laughs> the chess ring? <laughs> yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Just go back to back, head to head, <laughs> Chest ring, <rank>, sure. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh
0: huh. So yes, R.M. Qualtro, A.K.A. M. Yeah. So he's like, I don't know that person. And they're like, here's the message. This guy wants to wants you to go to this certain address and help discuss an important insurance issue immediately. And. So it's a little fishy because it's like, well, you don't know this person. Why are you going to meet this person mm-hmm. at this strange address? But you have to remember it's a great depression. And, right. Okay. Everyone's really hard up. And he's like, okay, you know what? If this is like a big deal or whatever, like, I will go to this address to meet this RM Qualcho. So. He got on a train, headed over there, and when he got to the area, so the, the address that was given was 25 Menlove, Gard, Menlove Gardens East. And there was a Menlove Gardens, like, street or avenue or whatever. So he's like, oh, it's probably over there. So he gets there. He finds out that the address does not exist. There's a Menlove Gardens west, south, and north, but not an east. So it's literally the only one that doesn't exist. Weird. Um, he goes around asking if anyone knows of an RM Qualtro. Nobody knows what the fuck he's talking about. And so finally he's like, I'm going to go home. So he gets home and he f- sees that the front door has been locked with a deadbolt from the inside. And then when he finally manages... And then he goes to the back door. Back door is also locked. Has some neighbors come over. And then the back door... He tries the back door again And it opens Ew That's when I'm like Okay neighbors I'm staying at your place Something's wrong But so he gets inside um, Turns on the gas light In the living room And finds the body Of his wife (gasps) Surrounded by Blood spattered walls She had been Brutally beaten to death And the blood spatter Went at least Seven feet high Onto the walls It was like Extremely Fucking brutal Um, police later estimated that she had been savagely bashed in the head with stunning force at least 11 times by a heavy blunt object fuck but they could not find the murder weapon anywhere and there was no sign that anyone else had been murdered in the home with Mrs. Wallace so there was no weapon there was no what did I just say that anyone had been murdered in the house did I just say that (laughs) it's fine I don't know what I said it's fine okay (laughs) okay Who the fuck knows what I said? You uh, <clears throat> Oh, shit. There was any... Okay, so there was no sign that anyone else had been in the house with Mrs. Wallace. Um, there was no weapon. There was no evidence. No witnesses. None of the neighbors reported hearing or seeing anything out of the ordinary. Um, Mrs. Wallace's handbag, her cash, her valuables, everything was still there. So robbery was eliminated as a motive. And then... Um, so obviously people started... Like, theorizing, like, oh, this RM Quattro person maybe had something to do with it. Uh, how was that connected to the death? And so police tracked down everyone with the last name Qualtro in Liverpool. And there were several, because apparently it was a common name, which... Weird. Okay. Doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard. But, yeah, apparently it's a common name around there. Um, and... They had absolutely zero evidence that any of those people had anything to do with the murder. So with no other leads, obviously, husband, mm-hmm. suspect number one. Right. So uh, there weren't any reported marital issues between Mr. Wallace and his wife, but some details of the case seemed to implicate him as a possible suspect. Uh, first off, the call placed by R.M. Quattro had been made at a phone booth 400 yards away from his home. Ugh. That would correspond with how long it would have taken him to get from there to his chess club. Gotcha. So it was like the timing, you know, was a little fishy. And then there was a testimony of the tram driver who had taken him to the fake address who claimed that Wallace had seemed suspiciously over-eager to make it clear that he was a stranger in the area and didn't know his way around. Mm. So he was like, he seemed like he was
2: forcing... Right, he was making sure I knew that information. Yes.
0: Um, And then apparently, while he was out there in that strange neighborhood, he also talked to a cop, but... Instead of uh, asking for directions, he told the cop uh, the whole story of, like, getting the call from RM Quattro and saying, like, this is what he wanted. This is why I'm here. And then he said, oh, it's not eight o'clock yet, is it? And asked the police officer to check the time. So the police officer pulled out his watch to say, oh, it's 7.45 p.m. Mm -hmm. Um. And so that's kind of what they based their case on is that like, Oh, well he was trying to prove like his alibi by saying right to this police officer, what time is it specifically, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but so it wasn't anything concrete, but they arrested him anyway. And then when he was in court, I guess he was a little bit like he wasn't very personable to the jury. So Mm -hmm. they, within an hour convicted, (laughs) are they, they, uh, they decided he was guilty um, and he was sentenced to be hanged for the murder of his wife. Um, but there was this new fun rule in England called Are We in England? Where are we? Yes, oh Liverpool. God. Yes. Sorry, there were three stories after no, are <laughs> Yes, we're in England. So the appeals rule. Like to, like to be able to appeal a ruling was very new it was 25 years old at this point so uh they basically overturned his the ruling and before he was executed and said like okay it didn't really prove that he was the killer right so he got put in
2: jail freed no. oh they literally just let him go
0: he was sentenced to hang and then they his I know they were like, okay, we'll just give you jail time. Oh no! So his legal team like appealed the the decision, and they were like, yeah, you're right, we don't have enough evidence, so they let him go. Because the only evidence was like, oh, he was acting fishy with a tram driver, and like the phone booth was 400 feet from his house, but there was like nothing concrete. Mm -hmm. So they appealed it, they won, Um, and then obviously he couldn't live in Liverpool anymore because he was like.
2: A, like a a wanted man by he, the public. Yes, I was gonna say that he has a bad rep. Yeah, gotcha. He was a people were talking. He, people were people were chit chatting. Mm-hmm.
0: So he moved uh, to the country, and then a couple years later he had kidney problems, and after uh, surgery went wrong, he died. So he died only a couple years after the death of his wife mm-hmm. uh and so any info that he had he would have taken with him to the grave and then um basically the way people look at it now is that if Qualtro, this like character who left that message if that wasn't Wallace it must have been someone that Julia and Herbert the couple knew well because Qualtro would have had to known about waltz's monday night chess plans Mm -hmm. at the chess club and um despite the fact that this place was like really small and obscure and it wasn't like a well-known thing and he wasn't like a well-known person either he was just like a Mm -hmm. insurance broker kind of down on his luck like it wasn't he wasn't like a big target uh and julia would have had to know that this Qualtro person too to let him inside um, and then lock the door, you know, mm-hmm. for this person to kill her. Right. And also she was considered a shy and reserved woman who wouldn't have like let some some stranger in the house. Um, so people, you know, theorize, well, he obviously knew so much about them that maybe it was Wallace himself. Okay. So some people think, a lot of people think that he made the phone call to the chess club. Mm -hmm. showed up at the chess club and was like oh yeah how weird and then like placed his alibi you know the whole thing um so the 400 yards from the wall's house it does sound like he might have done that on his way but at the same time what if you know some creepy dude knew where they lived and was waiting for him to leave and then called you know so it's kind of like up in the air whether that was him Wallace himself or whether that was a stranger um and then the most convincing evidence that it was Wallace himself was that while he was out in um this area of this like Menlove gardens or whatever that he was so adamant about proving that like he was looking for an address so I didn't really say this earlier but he was kind of he talked to like four people to be like oh Where are we? What address? You know, he was like asking, like, where am I? Where's the address? And everybody was like, this doesn't exist. The street doesn't exist. Right. He asked a cop. He told a a tram driver and a taxi driver. um, And he was like super aggressive about telling everyone, like, I am looking for this person at this address, you know. Mm -hmm. But then again, it's like possible that, well, maybe he's just kind of a socially awkward guy (laughs) who... You know, it's 1931. It's literally, like, the Depression. And he just, like, gets this lead of, oh, like, I have this really big insurance claim for you. And he's like, I just need to find this address. Like, maybe he was just desperate enough to say, and he was a little bit hard on his luck. Like, maybe he was just desperate enough to say, I I need to get to this place. Right, right, right. Um, So it's kind of hard to argue either way. A lot of people debate the fact, you know, debate whether or not he was this... Quattro guy and then in 1980 so obviously along so this case went unsolved and then in 1980 a radio program uh pointed the finger at a coworker of Wallace's as the killer so this was like a whole new theory and the story went that the man who had an alibi of being with his girlfriend on the evening in question had actually appeared at a garage on the night of the 20th, needing his car completely cleaned, and the garage attendant noticed blood-soaked gloves inside the car. Mm. And then in 1980, the radio program I just mentioned tracked down the man's former girlfriend that he had been dating, and she said, Oh, no, he wasn't with me at all on the 20th. So, like, his alibi was shot. Uh... And so that was like another, <laughs> another weird theory. But again, like they hit dead ends. They were like, we can't prove that it was right. him. So it just that kind of added to the mystery of like, who the fuck did this? And how, right? And like once again, how the fuck did they get in or out without unlocking a door? Like it's just so weird. Um. So the murder. Remains unsolved to this day um, So the question really Overall the question most people Argue is whether Qualtro was a prop Of uh, Wallace As an alibi or whether it was Like a super clever killer Who managed to frame Wallace while You know executing the murder By himself um, And so people still debate this to this day um, Author Raymond Chandler Like famous novelist was utterly fascinated with this case he called it he said it will always be quote unbeatable and he wrote like an unpublished manuscript based off this whole case oh cool yeah and he was like completely fascinated by it um and it also added to this whole like there was this whole like baroque fascination with uh these locked door murder mysteries where Like nobody knows who got in or out or how, how could they have done it? Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so nobody knows who did it with any of any of the above. Oh, great. Yes. But a woman recently in 2013, actually, she claims that she knows that it was the husband. Okay. She says she's done enough research to say, and to be honest, when he was opening the doors and the back door didn't work and then all the neighbors came over and then the back door suddenly opened mm-hmm. that's another detail that's like why was it suddenly not bolted from the inside
2: yeah questionable but who knows
0: those are good ones so many murders
2: i don't know what's wrong with me i think i'm having a stroke
0: i know you seem like you're breathing heavily and like
2: yeah i don't know what's happening struggling anyway Do sorry you th- about my stroke
0: Do you think it might help if I have a uh, geoscope? Yep. Yeah. Okay. (coughs) Scorpios, are you listening? Hello? Geo left the room fresh. Here you go, Geo and Scorpios. Jupiter is in your sign. Exclamation point. Yay! (laughs) I don't know what that means. This approximately one year transit comes only every 12 years and serves to bring you out of your shell. You're ready to take on the world. This is a time. <laughs> this is a time for exploring your needs and pursuing your dreams. Your personality, image, body image, and confidence in yourself expand to new levels with Jupiter. That's it. No.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, usually, you're. I like the dramatic pause. No, I'm taking it all in. You know, usually you go like, I know. I usually I dance around it. I want to give a full analysis. At okay. Shh. 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 You are seeing whole new possibilities and your vision of life is
0: panoramic. You are more willing to, you are more willing to enjoy new experiences and to rid yourself of those things that have been holding you back from truly living and owning your life, Scorpio.
2: I like the part about his body image. <laughs> and, I knew you would. And his confidence. I mean, he definitely has confidence because of all of us here, but I also think his panoramic view of the world is going to change soon because he's going to be a big brother on Tuesday. He's going to hate himself. He's going to hate everything. His body image might change. His confidence will drop.
0: It might. I hope this... Hopefully he remembers that Jupiter's on his side. Yeah. You know what? This horoscope might bolster him into really feeling confident.
2: I feel like I should have known this my whole life, but did you know that all the days of the week are named after different planets? Yes. um... Just learned it Today? Today. Today. Are you I serious? didn't go to a great school. I went to, like, you a bougie school. You literally were talking about how you one. got laptops earlier. Yeah, but I didn't Google the planets or weeks with it. I didn't, like, they did me important. Are you serious? I literally, today was, like, Sunday, sun, sun, Monday, moon, moon, and I, like, lost my mind. I was like, does everyone know about this? And everyone was like, yeah, we fucking know. Oh, my. Sorry. Oh, my. I'll, I shouldn't have ended on how uneducated i am but here we are <laughs>
0: so. that's how we begin and that's how we end and that's the circle of life and that's why we drink and that's why we drink do we have anything else we have our
2: facebook live event next sunday on the 20 well i, well, I don't know when it is when is it 8th 29th 20 29th uh, 29th at 3 p.m Look at pacific now. standard it's time it's already in my calendar good for me so, if you want to hang out with us for an hour. And you do. On Facebook Live. Oh, you'll meet the kitten. You'll meet the kitten. You can ask us questions. You can do whatever you'd like. You should be on Facebook. You at can 3 meet PM. Eva. You can meet Eva. If she's there. Will you be there, Eva? Sure. Eva's going to be there. <laughs> like,
0: you'll meet her if she's there. I don't
2: know.
0: <laughs> um, It'll be fun.
2: Yeah. I think that's our only update. CrimeCon is May 4th through May 6th. I just
0: put in my uh, out of the office request at work and
2: I put mine in a long time ago.
0: Yeah, I forgot. And then I looked at the calendar and I went, oh, motherfucker.
2: I literally forgot about CrimeCon one day because my boss was like, yeah, you're going to be yeah. gone on May 4th. What's that for again? And I was like, I don't know. I
0: got a text from him being like, do we have something on May 4th? <laughs> I was like oh do we i don't know maybe it's our fucking vacation to nashville where yep, we are I doing forgot. our first live show but
2: maybe i don't know that's also coming out of the mind of someone who doesn't know the names or the days are named after the planets. So. that's
0: a really good point point. and then i was like oh there was also like a marvel movie that came out that day so i was wondering if i took the day off i was like what the fuck <laughs>
2: it's a fair it's a fair point um anyway anyway we love you what's our email and all that Oh, you can find us on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, ATWWD podcast, which Eva's now going to be in charge of. She's going to be helping us oh because God. we need all the help I we feel can like get. We're just dumping all this shit on her. Eva, you can run, but not far. <laughs> but not far.
0: Gio will catch you. By the way, Gio ran away this morning. Wasn't going to talk about it, but I am now. He ran away, and it took my brother and me, took my brother now like maybe 20 minutes to get him back. Found him on the porch of a neighbor looking for cats. And he ran into the road as a van was coming. And I was like, "Geo's about to die. And yeah, I know that I haven't trained him well enough. I Listen, I put him through
2: all the advanced training. He still won't come. At least he's excited about cats for Tuesday, you know? Yeah, Until he, he realizes he'll have one. Then he's like, oh, this was not worth then it. Then he wants to eat it, probably. Um. So Eva's going to be handling, attempting to handle <laughs> the social media while we can actually like, personally reach out to you guys and comment and all that stuff because it the back end is just a wild time the wine and crime podcast taught me the word back end by the way back end chocolate notes of le- um legs and oh god we also have an email and that's why we drink at gmail.com where you can send in your personal stories we do a listener's episode at the first of every month mm-hmm. uh, we have our website and that's why we drink.com we have our store and that's why we drink.bigcartel.com we love you Is that it? I think so. Twitter? Twitter, oh, Facebook, yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we also, um, like we said, ATWWD as a crime caught co- crime con code, if right. you still plan on attending.
0: Oh, wait, Eva, what's your social media? Yeah. Oh, what's my social media? It's
2: ew, gross
0: on those things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ew, gross? Yeah, it's usually... How many... many Okay, I was going to say, I feel like there's more than one, two S's. E.W. Gross
2: with, with three, three S's. S's. And get to know Eva. She's a gem. Get to know us. We're all right. We're also gems. Oh. And that's... Why? We. Drank. <laughs> Bye.
0: <laughs> okay.